You're listening to the West Side Podcast, a part of the L.A. International Church of Christ family of churches, worshiping God in L.A. since 1989. Right. How are we all doing today? Are we feeling good? Okay, I was at the campus uh, football tournament yesterday, and I want to say West Side was there in full force. Full force, guys. I loved it. Now, the results were not, you know, maybe what we would have liked. But man, did we have a great team, a lot of zeal, a lot of unity, a lot of uh, spirit. We had a lot of spirit there. And it was a fantastic time. We know what's needed for next year, right? Right, team? We know what's needed next year to pull it out. Uh, I do want to commend that our Lighthouse Church ministry, our campus there, they won it all. And they, they had a bunch of uh, D1 football players, which is the goal is to recruit you know, other college students who happen to like football or sports. We had a lot of good athletes, but one of our best guys, Hudson, he's a great player. Uh, I was talking, I was like, Hudson, have you played, uh, have you played, you know, college, you know, football? Did you play high school football? I knew you didn't play college. Like, high school football? I was like, no. So did you play like basketball? Which, it's like, I, I played golf. And honestly, he could have played all those sports. He's amazingly athletic, but just to see, we have all these athletes. Of course, our campus, our fearless campus minister, Kenny, played D1 volleyball, but his ankle was hurt. But then our other campus minister, Justin, and I believe he played a few sports in high school. He actually scored a touchdown where he went out of bounds, but they didn't really call it, and it was like, it was pretty cool. So I was like, we got the touchdown right there. And uh, we do have a lot of tremendous athletes on, on our team. And I noticed uh, we even had one of the awesome sisters in our campus ministry, uh, and she uh, caught a touchdown. That's Marie McGrath had a touchdown. That was pretty awesome. Her goalie skills. And Kayla was out there, too, trying to sack the quarterback. I loved it. I loved our, our sisters playing in the, in the football tournament. So great job, campus. It was a great time. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. That was the song we sang. And then we talked about changing our address. I mean, can we just say, guys, what a blessing to have so much giftedness and spirituality lead us just in, in the song and really move our hearts. Carrie and Marley and the whole crew up here, thank you so much for your effort. And Carrie, the song is beautiful that you wrote. So awesome. So let's go to God in prayer. We're going to have our lesson right now. Uh, we are continuing our gifted series. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for the privilege of being here. And Spirit, you are welcome here. Fill this place, fill the atmosphere with your presence in every way. Father, I pray you would speak to each of our hearts right now. Give us the focus to let your scriptures penetrate into our minds and hearts. If we're here and we haven't gone to church in a long time, may today move us closer to you. Help it open our minds. If we've been coming every week consistently, if we're watching at home, Father, I pray your spirit just fills us up and energizes us. We want to understand the greatest and best gift and use it to your glory. Be with us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Title of today's sermon is, Are You Using the Best Gift? So this is part two of last, last week was, you know, are you gifted with the best gift? This week is simply part two. We're going to explore it a little more. Are you using the best gift? You know, many years ago when I was eight years old, I went to 
the New Jersey shoreline with my older brother and older sister and my mom. My dad was doing a military uh, trip exercise. He was in the military at that time. And we took a little family vacation, just my, my uh, two siblings and myself and my mom, to the New Jersey coastline, uh, an area called Seaside Heights. And, you know, back in those days, that was many years ago, there was no Google Maps or Apple Maps. So when you went on that trip, and it was about, I, I checked it on Google how far it was from my, my old hometown. I lived in a small town called Chalfont, Pennsylvania, near, near a little bigger town called Doylestown, Pennsylvania. And I checked the distance to Seaside Heights in New Jersey, and it was about an hour and 40 minutes when I checked it. So, but I don't remember how long it took it when I was eight. I just remember getting there. It didn't seem to take that long. Maybe I was excited. I wasn't sure. And we seemed to find our way. But I remember coming home. And back then, to find your way around different places, you had to actually use physical maps. So I don't know if any of you know how to read maps. Now, at that time, at eight years old, I hadn't learned the skill of reading maps too well. But I did later learn them. Maybe the trauma of this trip helped me learn how to read maps. My dad was a navigator, a navigational instructor, so I thought I better learn. So on the way home, I think it took us like six hours to get back, a normal two-hour drive, because we kept getting lost. And I was young. My brother was like 11. My sister was like 14. They didn't really know how to. And my mom absolutely did not know. So we had like written directions. But once you got off the written directions, it was like pandemonium. You would have to stop and ask people for direction everywhere you went. Now, the typical man would not stop, but mom was running it, so she would stop all the time. But get conflicting directions from different people. And back then, the directions were like, well, go down to the red barn and go left. And when you cross the railroad tracks and you get to the oak tree, go left. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. And back then, the maps really didn't have even every single street on them. So it was hard to find places. It took us a long time. Today, we live in a blessed age, the age of GPS, right? Global positioning system is amazing. It gets us wherever we want. Apple Maps is improving quite well lately. They're improving it. Google Maps gets you anywhere you you are. You know where you are, hey, from current location. And they the satellites pinpoint you. Everyone in this room, GPS knows where you are right now if you have your phone on. Right? Because the satellites are tracking everybody. But then you, So you know where you are. And then all you have to do is put in the address where you're going to go. And the little map comes up, tells you how long, tells you the traffic. We are blessed to have this as a gift, right? Sadly, one of the things is we often don't use the best gift we have, which is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate best gift. We talked about that last week. Gives us eternal life. Gives us transformation. Gives us power for mission. Gives us hope. It's an amazing gift. Today I want to talk a little bit more about it. And we're going to be talking in the month of February about the idea of GPS your gift, your passion, and your story. So we're going we're gonna to talk about that. But the actual invention GPS has been a blessing. Uh, it'd be foolish to not use it when we're getting places these days, right? Ultimately, there's this great gift of the Spirit. But I want to put before you, if you understand how great it really is. And here's a way to understand that. If you had to pick one person, if you could choose any person in history... To spend the day with, who would it be? Would it be Abraham Lincoln or one of the greatest presidents uh, in American history? I mean, not perfect, but did quite a few amazing things. Many of his quotes are, are spectacular and his example and the suffering he went through. 
You know, would it be Maya Angelou? Great, great poet, influential leader, uh, made an impact, touched hearts. Would it be MLK, a hero, a hero for every generation since? Would it be Tom Brady, who is not in today's playoff game because they lost to our Rams? But he is definitely the QB GOAT of all time, right? He's got seven rings, and no one has that many. So there's no question. Who would you spend the day with? Now, if you were given the opportunity to spend one day, a full day, with Jesus Christ in the flesh, hanging out with Jesus. Remember, if you're hanging out with Jesus and you didn't feel well, he would say, um, you feel better now, and then you would. I mean to spend the day with Jesus, the whole day, physically, to, to spend time with There are people who had that opportunity, right, in the, in the first century. We would all go, okay, if I had the opportunity, I think Jesus, for most people, if, you have any, if you're here today, you, you'd probably pick that, right? right? If, would you pick Jesus? Raise your hand if you'd pick Jesus as the one person you would hang out with over the whole day. Okay, some of you might go, well, I didn't get to know my dad. If he could come back, I'd hang out with that person. That's fine. But a historical person like Jesus, a real person like Jesus, that'd be incredible. And many of us think, of course that's what I do. And yet, what I want you to see is this verse in John chapter 16, verse 7. It says, very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And then down in verse 13, I'm quoting this from the uh, CEV version. It says, the spirit shows what is true. The spirit that comes will show what is true, will come and guide you into the full truth. The spirit doesn't speak on his own. He will tell you only what he has heard from me, and he will let you know what is going to happen. Can you imagine spending a whole day with Jesus? And yet he himself says, it is better that he leaves and sends the Holy Spirit so he can be with us and guide us and tell us what is going to happen and actually be in us. Sadly today, I don't think we understand the magnitude of the blessing of the gift of the Spirit. That he can be in and with each one of us today. And I'm going to talk about, are you using the best gift? And there's two questions we're going to get up. You'll see these. Are you being led by this spirit? And if not, you might ask the question, are you listening to the spirit? Those are the questions that you're going to have to evaluate. Because this greatest gift is available to the whole human race. It's available to us as young people and as older people. Male and female, it is available. And it is the precious gift that God has in store for each of us. There's a quote from a woman named Diana Butler Bass. And, and studying the history and the evidence of Christianity across the globe. She says, in the global south, Latin America and Africa, they struggle to keep up with the spirit. In the west, North America, Europe, we struggle to embrace it. This is a picture of how the Spirit is working in churches across the United States. And I would dare say it's true. 
If you notice, I, I did a study when I was getting my uh, graduate degree in religious education and missional leadership. I did a whole study on global Christianity. And one of the things that came out of it was there was a, an estimation that Islam would take over as the primary religion in the world. This is several decades ago. But guess what? That has not happened. Christianity is flourishing because in the global south, it's exploding in Latin America, in Africa. And, you know, it's this spirit type oriented, you know, high energy type Christianity that's flourishing. They cannot keep up with the spirit. And if you notice different churches and movements, they're, they're flourishing. But in Europe and now in America, we're becoming more and more atheistic and resistant or sort of a dry type of spirituality. Let that not be the case, Westside, in this auditorium. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. He is here. He came down upon the earth. We talked about it last week in Acts 2. He came down upon the earth to impact us. And the Spirit is here to help us in our weakness. And it gives us power for our purpose. The Spirit helps us in our weakness and gives us power for our purpose. All of us have weakness and suffering and difficulty and challenges. Did any of you have a challenge or a stress this morning? Any of you? I had a couple. How about last night? Any of you? A couple of you? Okay, so uh, some of us just had it. It was easy. Great. Okay, it was easy for you. I think there's challenges every day. Some of us have devastating challenges, emotional challenges. Sometimes we're out of money. I remember being a college student. I was out of money, and that's a painful thing, like out of money, right? It happens a lot. I think college students just hang in there. Being out of money when you're in college is good for your character. It's going to teach you to value each dollar, to manage it well. So it's okay. Some of us, we can be out of money later in life. I, I can tell stories. Even my first couple years out of college, I, I was out of money. I ran out, of, I ran out of gas one day. I had no money. I ran out of gas, called my friend. I had to call him twice in the same day to help me. I was too prideful to ask for enough. This is way back in the day. But we all struggle, right? We all struggle with many things. But the Holy Spirit helps us. Are you letting the Spirit work? I was reading the book Forgotten God by Francis Chan. I had read it several years ago, many years ago, but I've re been reviewing it as we're studying the Spirit and talking about the gifts. And in that book, he talked about some of the most Spirit-filled people he knew. One of them, she's actually quite famous in the world of Christendom. She's well-known. I, however, had never heard of her. First time I read the book, I must have skipped it or I just didn't pay attention. This time when I read about her, I was shocked. I was blown away by this woman. Her name is Johnny Erickson Tada. Johnny Erickson Tada. I have a picture of her for us to see here. Here she is. She's painting with her mouth. In 1967, a diving accident left the then 17-year-old Johnny a quadriplegic. Lying in a hospital bed, she was filled with an overwhelming desire to end her life. The thought of spending the rest of her years paralyzed from the neck down and relying on others to care for her basic needs was staggering. But Johnny did not end her life that day. 
Instead, she chose to surrender it to God. Little did she know that the Spirit of God would transform her into one of the godliest women ever to grace this earth. While undergoing two years of rehabilitation after the accident, she spent many hours learning to paint with a brush held between her teeth. Her detailed paintings and prints are now highly sought after. Her international best-selling autobiography, Johnny, was later made into a full-length feature film. She founded Johnny and Friends in 1979 to increase Christian ministry to the disabled community throughout the world. The organization led to the establishment in 2007 of the Johnny and Friends International Disability Center, which currently impacts thousands of families around the world. And I could go on with all the accolades and amazing things she's done. But I know Francis in his book, Forgotten God, talked about how he, he knew her. And as he talked to her, he said, I couldn't talk for more than 10 minutes with her without crying. So I looked her up on YouTube. And I cried the first 10 minutes of watching her talking. I was like, wow, just, you know, tears of inspiration. I have a little clip of one. She, she started another foundation. It's about the sanctity of life. And she's, she's conversing with another uh, well-known Christian speaker who, who, who has no limbs. But I, do we, can we show the congregation that and everyone online, a little five-minute clip? International Disability Center. We are live and uh, celebrating the National Sanctity of Human Life Day coming up this Sunday, January the 20th. And I am so excited because I can't think of anybody better to talk to the sanctity of life than my friend Nick. God bless you, sir, for coming here today and talking live to our friends about something so precious to us both. Well, first of all, it's an honor to be here with you, Johnny. Johnny, I remember the days that we had our offices here at the International Disability Center. And I want to say I don't think there's actually anyone more powerful in the uh, tools of God's hand uh, that he has in his toolbox here on earth, then Johnny Erickson Titus to talk about the value of life and to really see that miracles uh, happen in someone's life as we understand the value of God's plan for each and every one of us. 40 years, Johnny. Wow. Johnny and friends, 40th anniversary. Absolutely incredible. I remember the early years of my childhood where my mom said, hey, listen, if God has a plan for Johnny Erickson Tata, God has a plan for you. And I know how much of an encouragement not only were you to me and my family, but really to the world. We're talking about the nations. Well, you are so sweet to say that. And you mentioned that um, that you house your office here at the Johnny and Friends International Disability Center when you first came to America. And uh, look at you. Look at how the Life Without Limbs ministry has grown. And and here we are at Johnny and Friends celebrating 40 years. I cannot believe that. It's amazing. And Nick, um, this, this Sunday is just a reminder of how all life, no matter what the disability, no matter what the ability, all life is valued because we're made in the image of God. I love that. Abilities don't determine our value, Amen. what we can or cannot do, just the fact that we're image bearers of God. We're God reflectors. We, we mirror this amazing God. We know that also in Psalm 139 that God, uh, he made us uh, in his likeness and image, and he has more precious thoughts of us than, than all the grains of sand in the world that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. I love Psalm 139, and yeah. we know that uh, whatever... Uh, the enemy tried to use for bad, God can turn into good. And beautiful things can come from broken pieces. And you are a perfect example of when you don't get a miracle, God can yeah. still use you to be a miracle 
for someone else. Wow. And I just want to say uh, that has been an inspiring anchor for me. But Johnny, um, just personally, um, I want to ask you uh, today, what, what maybe with some people who maybe are new to your ministry and, and in the context of January 20 today, um, what's your maybe personal struggles? Maybe someone's watching today yep. and they have struggles about their own value. Yep. Uh, can you please share about your struggles about maybe perhaps your well, value? Yeah, I mean, you've got so many followers. People love you on Facebook. People come to your ministry events all around the world. You were born with your disability. And I, I just can't imagine um, what your thoughts must have been when you were a little boy. And I want to hear about that in a minute. But for me, uh, I wasn't born with my disability. I, I uh, took that reckless dive when I was 17 years old. Up until that point, I was athletic. And, and uh, quadriplegia took a long, long time to get used to. I mean, I, what, going from captain of the women's lacrosse team in high school to um, being in a wheelchair without use of my hands or legs, it was more than just a, a little mm. depressing. Mm. Um, I remember, Nick, the first time I got in a power wheelchair like ours, you know, I, I wheeled outside the rehab center. This is my first day. And I saw this high curb. And I thought, you know, all I need to do is just push that ghost stick and it'd be all over. And I look back and I think, oh, my goodness, thank God I never did that. But when somebody else has to do your toileting routines and has to wipe your nose and cut your food, you can so easily be convinced that, that, hey, I don't have a quality of life. Life's not worth living. But Nick, now, so many years later, when I get up in the morning and, uh, and I'm reminded once again of how much I need help, again, people bathing me, dressing me, doing my toileting routines, I tell you what, immediately I have to remember in whose image I'm made. I'm made in the image of God. My body may be broken, but oh my goodness, I am a God reflector. You know, I, I mirror our amazing God who was pleased to make me in my image. And that, that to me is awesome. Amen. You know, amen. amen. I, um, we can end it there. Yeah. Guys, that's inspiring. Is that amazing? The Holy Spirit works even in our weakness. The question today, this best gift is available. So powerful. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Are you led by the Spirit? Are your actions an indicator that the Spirit is leading you? That's the question for all of us today. Do our actions indicate that the Spirit leads us in what we do. You can see the struggle. You can only imagine the struggle that Johnny had. And yet here she is, an inspiration. It does, I mean, all of our excuses, excuses just crumble away when you look at individuals like that. All of our excuses. So inspiring. Are you led by the Spirit of God? You know, another couple that's really an inspiration, I just want to share another example of another couple that's just quite incredible, Domingo and Irene Garcia. They're not a part of our congregation, another congregation, but they were married as uh, 16-year-olds, had a baby and got married, but they hated each other. The first 10 years were, fill, were, were filled with Domingo's alcoholism, physical abuse, and infidelity, and Irene's hatred and verbal abuse. 
Then Irene became a Christian and prayed God would give her a new husband. She wanted to get rid of him. Right when Irene was going to leave Domingo, a miracle happened. He asked for forgiveness and promised to never drink again. As God healed their marriage, Domingo and Irene adopted a little girl. And a new incredible journey began. Over the past four decades, the Garcias have birthed, fostered, or adopted 32 children. Today, the Garcias are in their 60s and still have 11 children. Or as I read the article, it was a couple years ago, they had 11 children still in the home. Led by the Spirit of God. You know, James passage that says, True religion is taking care of orphans and widows. I mean, they were led by the Spirit of God. It's remarkable. Today, Galatians 5 verse 25 says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Are you in step with the Spirit? What we teach is that the Spirit is on mission. The Spirit, He came down. He's a gift available, but he's busy. God is busy. He's doing stuff all around you. Are you in step with him? Do you join him in the things he's doing? Let me just tell you a, a few little things that he's been doing um, in my life. Just little things like before Christmas, we ran into, Mark and I ran into a guy who has who really sort of unknowingly rejuvenated our entire like outward online presence as a church and it's fired up mark sean we've been talking a lot about that sort of miraculously i think the spirit put this guy we're not sure who who exactly he was but he's helped us quite remarkably to change even our visual presence that's the spirit he works through people and circumstances and you think when you meet somebody new well maybe that's just by chance whatever everything is sacred was having our regular mentoring, uh, discipleship time with, with Justin this past week, our, our youth and family minister and, and campus minister. And um, we started getting fired up about our ideas and talking about life and things we wanted to do and his future. And the guy right next to us just interrupted us. He said, hey, have you ever heard about this? And he, he proceeded to tell us about a YouTube video that he had made about how to put people in the right places so they can fulfill their best roles in organizations. And we were like, wow, that's interesting. And so I'm not going to show it to you now, but it was great training. I am going to show it to some of the leaders later and some of you and train you on it. But, but that was God. That was just this week. And I realized God does that. We are working as a congregation to help everyone find their gift so that our family of God can impact the community more than ever before. Acts 1.8 talks about power, that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And so you're going to have a mission to be a witness. Yes, Back in that days, it was Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. But today, we have a mission to go to the west side, to all of Los Angeles, to the Pacific Southwest, to our Middle East and our, and our, our Nordic countries that we support, and then really all throughout the globe. And we're going to begin reading this book called Find Your Place. If you haven't been able to order it, please order it on the ChristianBookstore.com. It's actually less expensive. You can find the link on our website. And we're going to be talking about how each of us has a GPS a gift, a passion, a story that God will use and you'll be empowered with the gift of God's best gift to fulfill things you've never seen before. That's our prayer. And I want to ask that we as a congregation would really be full of the Spirit. It says in Acts 6 verse 3 that they were to choose men who were full of the Spirit. 
so that they could be given the responsibility at that time to meet the needs of the widows. But we have lots of things to do here on the West Side, in the West Side Church. I want to ask you to be full of the Spirit, church. Full of the Spirit. And then the last thing I want to ask is for you to listen. Look in Acts 13, and we'll close out here. Acts 13, verse 2 says, While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. You notice it says, says the Holy Spirit said. When's the last time you said, the Holy Spirit said to me, I'm going to do this or that. When's the last time you were sure the Holy Spirit said to you? We need to listen to the Spirit so we can be led by the Spirit. Are you listening to the Spirit? Church, I think in many ways we are, but I think we have a long way to go. I know when, you know, 2020 opened our eyes to a lot of things. It opened our eyes to injustice. It opened our eyes to many difficulties. And I want to commend the church again for the work we've done. I know we did this a tremendous work over at Dorsey High School. And I wanted to share this little video just to show you what listening to the spirit of caring about uh, maybe underserved areas means. We had our West Side Hope Day, you know, two weeks ago. And here was the teacher's lounge before we got in there. There's the principal. That's the teacher's lounge. Very plain. Guess what? No teachers ever used it at Dorsey High School. We got in there. You got in there. And we did a lot of other projects. But look at the lounge now. Look how awesome. Look at all the teachers eating, enjoying themselves. They were fired up. You were led by the Spirit to show up and care. And we made a difference. Let's listen to a few teachers share a little bit about how that impacted them, and we'll close out. There's Kenny. Good morning. My name is Akiba Jackson Boykins. I'm the magnet coordinator for three thriving magnets here at Dorsey High School, the firefighter EMS magnet, sports medicine and law magnet, and our STEAM, science, technology, engineering, arts, and mathematics magnet. This is my 18th school year at Dorsey High School. Currently, I'm the magnet coordinator, like I expressed, but this teacher's lounge, the renovation, the facelift is just an amazing surprise this morning. It definitely uplifted my morale. It's just amazing to come and see that people still care about teachers the way they do, and my coworkers are so excited because this transformation is something we have never experienced in our teacher's lounge. So thank you, thank you, thank you to all who volunteered, worked, planned to put this together for us. And just remember, you just can't hide that Dorsey pride. Good morning. My name is Dr. Sean Gaston. I'm the proud principal of Susan Miller Dorsey Senior High School. I want to say thank you to Hope Worldwide for their volunteering efforts and the construction and reconstruction of and the volunteering that they've done here for Susan Miller Dorsey High School. I'm just going to keep saying that over and over. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. We are, appreciate the effort. We appreciate the redesign. Some of our staff members have been here for over 25 years, and they can really appreciate when there's an effort put into education, there's an effort put into uh, the resources here at our school. So once again, thank you for everything that you've done. We appreciate it. Amen. Isn't that awesome? You guys did that. Let me close with this quote. It is the nature of the Holy Spirit to shake up the church, particularly when the church becomes self-satisfied and content with the status quo. 
It is time for you to listen to the Spirit, be led by the Spirit, and use this best gift. He is working in your life. He, if you showed up today, He's working, and we're going to make a difference in the West Side and throughout the world. Amen. We love you guys. You've just listened to the West Side Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit thewestsidechurch.com or laicc.net.